What's up, witches? Welcome back to another staff meeting at the Corporate Coven. Let's run through today's agenda. We'll start with a check-in question that helps us reflect and integrate the medicine of current astrology. I'll then share an overview of this week's major astrological transits and planetary alignments so you can mark your calendars. We'll then move into phase management, where we forecast the energetic shifts of the week ahead using the lunar phases and the journey of the moon through the zodiac wheel. And then finally, I'll walk you through a day-by-day deep dive of the astrology weather for the week ahead. And this is great if you are more technical or aspiring to be more technical when learning to interpret the cosmic messages of these celestial giants. Thank you for joining me. Let's get into it. What's up, witches? Welcome to staff meeting at the Corporate Coven. A few things I wanted to just check in with before we actually get into the check-in question and our, you know, our staff meeting and the astrology forecast and all of that. Last week, I mentioned in the staff meeting about these Uranian Mondays. And I said something like, you know, I can't imagine how or what might change considering that I've got Mondays on lock. I do like the same thing every Monday. Um, and, you know, there was a moment with Neptunian Mondays where it was really like frustrating, but Uranian Mondays have been okay so far. Well, I just wanted to publicly acknowledge that I ate my words on Monday. I had tech issues that were so disruptive and frustrating. I actually had to relocate my new hire class. It was to the point where IT had already come and troubleshoot and the issue was still happening. And I was like, that's it. We're moving. Like, I spent 40 minutes of an hour and a half presentation just trying to find the room with technology to work. So I take it all back. I'm sorry. I will do my best to not tempt the gods again with statements like that. The Uranian Monday kicked my ass. I've also had some big, big changes in my day job. And it's been so fascinating to see how the astrology has been playing out in my own life professionally. I said I was going to make a post on LinkedIn. I told everyone on my Instagram stories. I was like, hey, like follow my LinkedIn for the next 72 hours. And I was going to make a big announcement about the job change, but I decided to wait. I decided to wait until things become more stable and also more clear. But I can like announce it here. I haven't even told my parents and most of my friends about this. And of course, I haven't shared it like publicly on LinkedIn or anything. But I wanted to share with you all I was offered like my dream job, (laughs) one of my dream jobs. And I'm so excited. I, when the news came out, it was actually around the time that I, on the podcast, I had been scripting, um, I forget exactly the aspect that it was, but I had been scripting like, you know, you've been waiting for news to come. You've been waiting for a while. And I had no idea what was coming my way. This was a complete surprise to me. It came out of nowhere. Like I knew that some movement was going to be happening because movement's always happening. And also I've been recording these staff meetings for over a year. Like you can kind of see like the buildup, but it wasn't clear exactly how I would personally be impacted. And so when I was having the conversation with my leader and they shared that with me, I I said this to them too. I was like, I blacked out. I feel like I left my body and I was just hovering in the room watching myself. And I had this moment during that conversation where my boss was letting me know how the scope of my role was changing and how it was aligning to a dream job that I had actually 
saved the LinkedIn job listing for it years ago and saved it to my desktop as a reminder of this is what I'm working for and this is what I'm working to, like towards. And every time that I had a task assigned or a new project, I would look to that job description and try to see like how does this line me up for what I'm moving to? Because it felt kind of far away. There was a few like specific pieces of experience that I was lacking that would have kept me from being a good qualified candidate for applying to this like job listing that was old and outdated anyways. But I had that focus. And so when the announcement came and he let me know that I get to redirect my work to actually be fully in alignment with this job listing, with this thing that I've been desiring for so long, it was wild. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was so cool. I've cried. I've like, I've, I feel grief about the transition, but I also feel such joy and gratitude and excitement. And it's still very, very new. So I'm going to release a podcast episode sharing what the job is, how it happened, more of the journey with it, kind of like how this manifested in my life and what I did as a conscious creator with the universe to influence my career um, in this way. So you can have, you know, keep an eye out for that episode. I'm going to be releasing it um, right now. I'm just still kind of like in the weeds of exploring like what it means and how to transition out of and into a role. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. Like I've been recording these staff meetings and I record it generally. And of course, it's hard not to think about how I might personally be experiencing the astrology. But this one really did come out of nowhere. And that's just speaking again to the Uranian quality, which is expect the unexpected. We can say that all day with Uranus. Oh, expect things to be different, expect things to change, expect things to go how you didn't see it going. But that's just the thing is that you don't see it coming. And so even though you know changes on the way, it's still really hard to visualize exactly what that might be like. And for the record, like any event or non-event is therefore like pushing you into transition, but it really is your perspective and your paradigm that informs the way that you move through that. Um, there's nuance here, of course. I'm thinking about everyone experiencing disruptions to their physical safety, and I don't want to diminish that and say like, oh, like if you would just, if you would just be more positive, it wouldn't be that bad because that's not the truth. And you know, um, books like *Man's Search for Meaning* by Viktor Frankl uh, do add some supporting anecdotes for your perception, creating your reality and that you always have a choice and that is your perspective and that will really help in so many ways get you through challenges big or small it won't make everything better but it will help and we'll continue seeing what happens as the story unfolds so i'm curious to know and this is the check-in what has your story been what has been building up for you and closing out for you folks on the corporate coven newsletter got a little horoscope from me as well as an oracle card from the Samhain oracle deck um, which i'll link in the show notes i said i was gonna do that last week and i didn't and i apologize for that i will link it in the show notes this week if you are interested in purchasing this deck for yourself or just exploring it beautiful artwork i'm a big fan of this deck and i talk about it actually i have a guest episode that's going to be 
published in December, I believe, um, with another HR witch who actually gifted me this deck. And so I'll be talking about it again as we continue on in the, in the fall season. But I talked about in the newsletter how this past eclipse, the partial lunar eclipse in Taurus is the closing out of that eclipse cycle where we saw the North node in Taurus and the South node in Scorpio and how it was a moment to reflect on the story that is closing one that had been building up for you and is now coming to an end. And I actually had some folks respond. I love it when you guys reply to the newsletter. I see those. I'm not always great at responding because I'm one of those individuals as well that I'll read it and be like, I don't have time or energy to respond to this right now. And then I kind of forget about it. But I do read every single message that you guys sent to me. And I had a few people reach out and just let me know how meaningful it was or adding some context to some of my general interpretation, letting me know exactly what that grief was and how it felt for them individually to step into a new paradigm. And I just want to say thank you for everyone who responds. Like it means a lot to be able to connect with you and to be able to ground these interpretations into your reality. And I also do hope that it is beneficial to look back on what have we been moving through with this eclipse cycle and now we're closing it out. And of course we began the eclipse journey where we see the North node in Aries and the South node in Libra. But for the past 18 months or so, it's really been about the Taurus Scorpio themes in our life. And I'd be curious to hear from you. If you haven't already responded on the newsletter, you're welcome to do so. You can leave me comments in the show notes of like this episode or like down in like the, what did you think of this episode section? And you can also reach out to me on Instagram. I built this coven for community. I built this to connect. And I love it when you share back with me. So take some time if you haven't already. And you can use the newsletter horoscope that I wrote as a prompt for your rising sign. As well as the oracle card message that came through for you. What has your story been? What's coming in? And what is closing out? All right, babes, let's transition and talk about the major transits that are occurring this week. And again, if you're new here, when I say major transits, what I'm speaking to is when we see a planet change signs, when we see a really significant conjunction, when we see a planet station retrograde or station direct. That's what I mean by major transits. There's always going to be more noise that comes through in the actual week, but I'm talking like, what are the big things that when someone says, oh my gosh, what is going on with the universe? Why is this happening? This is what we're talking about are the major transits. And the big one this week occurs on Saturday, and that is going to be Saturn stationing direct. If you haven't already, go back and listen to my Saturn in Pisces, No Dead Mermaids episode. In this episode, I talk generally about Saturn in Pisces. I talk about the specific dates that you'll want to pay attention to when it's direct, when it's retrograde. I correlate it to a tarot card. I actually asked folks on my Instagram story if they remembered which tarot card helps us gain a deeper understanding of Saturn in the first decan or the first 10 degrees 
of the zodiac sign of Pisces. And no one remembered, but someone did go back and listen to the episode. Thank you, Rosie. You're a real one. I appreciate you. Rosie went back and listened to the episode and then remembered it was the Eight of Cups. So if you want to understand this Saturn station, if you want to go back and just like re- um, I was going to say reground yourself, but then I paused because I was like, this is actually like very watery. Like what's like reimmerse yourself, submerge yourself in uh, what it means to have Saturn in Pisces and what this transit is building up for us. Remember, Saturn's going to stay in Pisces. Saturn stays in any sign between like two and a half to three years. And so this is a big moment of time. This is one of the social planets where it impacts us personally, but also we'll notice like a generational type signature, a type experience. Lots of my listeners are going through their Saturn return right now because they were born with Saturn in Pisces. Um, and so this is going to be really helpful regardless of where you have Saturn, regardless if you're in your Saturn return or not, because we're all experiencing Saturn in Pisces right now. And this is really the beginning of it still. We're going to be looking at Saturn and Pisces for a few more years. And while Saturn is stationing direct at zero degrees, it's moving back through the first decan, and it will stay in this first decan of Pisces until March, 2024. So you have plenty of time. This is a really good episode to go back and listen to. I know that these are sometimes longer episodes. So Saturn and Pisces, No Dead Mermaids is one that you can do a slow trickle. Just turn it on as you're commuting, as you have like downtime, you don't need to listen to it in one setting because um, I change like kind of like what I'm talking about throughout the episode. So it's good in bite-sized pieces as well. All right. Phase management. Let's look at what the moon's up to. We are in fixed to fixed. We see the moon beginning the week on Sunday in a fixed sign. It's going to end the week Saturday in a fixed sign as well. Again, what the fixed signs want to do is to stabilize. It wants you to commit to something. It wants you to sustain an effort. And oftentimes this looks at like, how do we integrate this? How do we create a new, um, or now that this new program has been created, like how do we make sure that everything fits in together and that it works and that it can stay, that it can last? This is what the fixed signs are concerned with. So even though we begin the week with a Taurus moon and we end the week with a Leo moon, the consciousness of the weekend is going to be about how can I commit to this? How can I make it stable? And how can this be sustained over a longer period of time? So for the zodiac journey, we see the moon going through Taurus to Gemini to Cancer, and then to Leo. So look at where in your chart the moon will be transiting and activating this week, and that will give you some insight into kind of like what you're going to be moving through or where some of the noise will be originating from. And I say some of the noise because the moon as a luminary comes into other astrological situations and adds a little bit of light just a little bit of light. And actually this week, the moon does have a fair amount of light that it's going to be sharing. Um, as we see the moon beginning the week still in that like full moon phase, we had the full moon on Saturday, the 28th, and we're still in that consciousness on Sunday. And then throughout the week, it moves into the waning gibbous or the disseminating lunar phase, which is all about the come down and the sharing out. Uh, it's about giving back. It makes me think about like the readout after a launch. Like, here's what we've learned. Uh, here's how it's going now that this is, you know, 
been made clear or now that it's been illuminated or now that it's like launched out into the organization. Or if you're an entrepreneur listening to this, like maybe you did launch something recently or you brought it to light and now you're identifying like, okay, who is signing up and where are they finding me from? Like what platform did they connect with me from? So the moon does have a little bit more light than usual that it's going to be adding into these other aspects. And it actually is a pretty noisy week, even though the only major planetary transit that we spoke to is Saturn stationing direct. There's actually quite a bit going on this week and the moon's very much a part of that story. So let's go ahead and move directly into the weekly forecast and talk about the astro weather day by day. We're looking at the week of Sunday, October 29th into November what <laughs> november 4th <gasps> wow sure team okay let's go let's go let's go right into november why not let's go <laughs> sunday October 29th, we see the week beginning with the moon in Taurus. Again, this is the sign of exaltation for the moon. The moon loves hanging out in Taurus, right? And she is in company there. So let's talk about who the moon's going to be interacting with this Sunday. Moon, 15 degrees Taurus. She's forming a trine to Venus and Virgo at 19 degrees and activates the trine with Uranus and Taurus at 21 degrees because Venus and Uranus are now kind of like in conversation with each other and they're kind of plotting and trying to like figure things out. Venus is adding a little bit of strategy where Uranus is has been in his retrograde and feeling a little bit of that like stress of like, I just can't seem to move. It's not like working the way that I thought it would. The pieces aren't falling down and Venus is starting to come into the conversation saying, all right, yes, let's like figure this out. I'm here to help you. I can see the details and I can see how they all start to fit together. Don't worry. We'll pick up these broken pieces and figure out how they all fit. So the moon's going to come into this arena and see what's going on, see where she can be of value, see like what can be refined or defined better. Remember, Venus in Virgo wants to be able to measure it. And as the moon moves forward, she'll find herself in a trine to Pluto. And he's going to want to read out. When I've talked about Pluto previously in these astrology forecasts, I often cast Pluto in the position of the authority. This is often your leader, one of your senior leaders, your CEO, your authority figure, because, you know, outside of the workplace, this could be a parent. This could be a controlling friend or caregiver or romantic partner or whatever that is. But Pluto comes in and is an authority and has a clear power about them where you need to do what Pluto wants you to do or else. And like, what is the or else? But it's the or else that makes it an intense situation that that this is like why Pluto is difficult to contend with because you don't want to get on Pluto's bad side. You know that you don't want to be on Pluto's bad side. It's not, it's not a good place to be. And so there's a fear there. So Pluto's going to want a readout. Here is some resume writing advice as we look at the transits today. You can't just write improved onboarding experience on your resume and consider that good enough. It's good. It's good. Don't get me wrong. Improved your onboarding experience. Okay. But consider how to measure the impact it made and why it was worthwhile for you to spend the company's payroll improving the onboarding experience. Because that's ultimately what we do at work. We're like just doing the job well enough to justify the company paying for us and the shareholders funding it to exist, right? Um, you know, 
this is what I'm doing for you in exchange for what you're doing for me. And Pluto really is the authority here. It's the board. It's the company. It's the CEO. It's it's the greater authority outside of yourself. And they really want to understand, like, why am I investing resources into you? What are you doing for me? Right? Is this truly a fair exchange? And this is part of how you craft your resume is you're trying to quantify and define that. And this is what Venus and Virgo is actually very good at. Sunday is looking for the practical improvements that you can make in the details of a process that will make the biggest impact, right? If going back to the resume, you know, improved onboarding experience, I would challenge you as a career coach and I would ask you, how do you know it was improved? How do you know? What did you notice that was an indicator to you that it was improved? And now that it was improved, what happened? Like, so what? So it, so it got better. What did that change? These are things that we need to know and help you bring your experience to life in a way that makes it really visceral for the person reading it. They can see the value that you made because you didn't make them assume anything. You, you spelled it out very clearly. You stated the details and the facts of the situation. And so outside of resume writing and outside of like performance evaluations and OKR readouts and things like that, what are things that you can do on Sunday where you're going to be able to make practical improvements in the details of a process that will make the biggest impact. Is it meal planning and prep? Is it picking out your clothes the night before, charging your laptop the night before? Is it tightening up your calendar and scheduling time to do administrative tasks, scheduling time to take lunch? What is it? Mercury is also exactly conjunct Mars at 11 degrees Scorpio. And so I said this last week, but with this conjunction between Mercury and Mars, it's your words and your actions lining up. You, they have the same focus. They're looking at the same target and they're both committed to it. And so what you're thinking about, what you're saying, what you're ideating on and what you feel energized to go out and do are aligned on Sunday. So make the most of it. Scorpio has this quality of wanting to work on only that which is essential, that which is most priority or yet yeah, the biggest priority, most critical to a successful outcome or to survival in some way. And so this intensity is going to be flavored again by this like grand earth thing happening by the earth trine. What's practical, what's realistic, because that is actually what is essential, right? Get in and actually get it done. So Sunday, when we talk about like, you know, Sunday, we have the Sunday scaries. Well, this Sunday will feel less scary if you spend more time on the input this week. Really figure out what you need to get done in the details to improve your output this week. On Monday, October 30th, Monday morning gets the moon at 29 degrees Taurus. So still in that um, trine to Pluto. Did the preparation of Sunday make a difference? We quickly get a Gemini moon. So it starts to feel a little more playful, curious, fun. Last week, we had um, one of my peers at my day job who also works in human resources gave a webinar, like a lunch and learn opportunity for some of our uh, innovation leaders as well as the HR teams. And 
they were sharing about the importance of having fun at work. And it was so brilliant. My colleague did incredibly, really excited to see it. Such important material to talk about. And this is exactly what the Gemini moon is about. It's about like, how do you connect with your coworkers? How often do you go up and just say hi to someone just to like ask and just to be curious about them? Like, what did you do over the weekend? Not because it feels like something I'm obligated to say, but because I genuinely want to know, like, what are you into? What do you, what, like, you know, they found out in the chat, like a ton of people like the same anime show. It's just stuff like that. Of like, what are you into? Am I into it too? I want to be curious about you. I want to play with you at work. And so the Gemini moon is going to bring some of this. How do I play at work? But the moon does immediately square Saturn. So it isn't all fun and games. It makes me think about the other side. We're like, you know, we're talking about having fun in the workplace. And so, of course, we do have to provide statistical evidence that having fun at work does make the workforce more productive, more engaged, have higher levels of trust with each other. Like there's a lot of like good things that come from having fun at work besides just it's like a stress relief. Right. Um, that's a little bit of what the square is going to feel like. It isn't all fun and games, but at least it's a little bit lighter than the trying to Pluto. You know, this could help you move forward a little bit on like a, a creative project. This moon square Saturn. Um, it makes me think about the tension that comes in of like, does it does it really make sense? How far can we take it? Um, how deep do we go with this? you know, like what else do we need to know? Like it's this type of like thing that like you're going to be encouraged to kind of go explore. Cause like Gemini's like, Oh, this like would be so fun. And Saturn's like, that would be fun. How are you going to do it? That That is a good idea. Who's going to pay for it. And if you don't accept that as a roadblock, if you accept it as an invitation of like, Oh yeah, we do need to find someone to pay for it. Okay, let's go. Let's go get curious about who we can collaborate with or who we can ask for help on this. So if you feel a bit of tension on Monday, use that as an invitation to go ask more questions. Okay. Don't take it as a roadblock. There is a seriousness that you need to bring to it. Um, and it's really going to help you bring it to life, especially like this is a good time for creative projects. On Tuesday, October 31st, happy Halloween, happy Samhain. Tuesday morning, the moon is at 12 degrees Gemini at 8 a.m. And that's Mountain Standard Time. And that's all well and good. But the real noise today is Venus at 21 degrees Virgo forming an exact trine to Uranus retrograde at 21 degrees Taurus. Now, this is the moment where Venus and Uranus are playing nice. When Venus was in Leo, they squared each other. And this was putting a real strain on our relationships as well as like our contracts. For example, something that happened to me during one of the Uranus-Venus squares is I decided I wanted to use a new software for booking services with me. I've been using Calendly and that's fine, but I was looking for something that maybe had like more opportunities to customize some features. I was trying to make it easier to like choose which reading you wanted to have with me. I wanted like a platform. Anyway, I wanted something that was like more capable than what Calendly was giving me. And um, I have this amazing woman, this amazing witch that helps me with some of the administrative things in my business. And they came up with an awesome solution and a great recommendation. And my response was like, yes, absolutely. Go with it. Let's go. Like, let's let's sign up. Let's transition over. Like, let's get it done. Let's update my website. Like, let's have let's make it happen. And then I was like, oh, I need to go cancel my 
Calendly subscription. And I just, you know, I need to go take care of that. So I'm not getting charged for two different services. But I was in a year long subscription with Calendly and I had six more months left in the contract. So it was like, oh, just kidding. I thought I was going to be innovating and improving some of my tech and the way that people come and work with me, right? And like formally sign like quote unquote a contract through the booking system to work with me. And that's very like Venus and Leo, Uranus and Taurus, right? And then it was like, nope, just kidding. I got redirected. It was a square. It was a tension point that was like, actually, this is a no-go. And so what I had to do was cancel with the new service, go back to Calendly, update a few things, re-update my website. It created like a little bit of redundant work. Um, but I had to like negotiate a lot more to make sure I wasn't being like charged for both. And it was like a whole deal. So that's like what the squares have felt like. So now that Venus and Uranus are in a trine, this is actually more supportive. It's less of that tension. And how do we work this out? Can we work this out? A trine implies that it is going to work out. It is going to be supportive. It is going to be facilitative. We can actually get something done because now we're speaking the same language and we want the same things. And Venus and a mutable earth sign can wiggle a little bit more. You know, like, fine. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I have some movement here. I can move a little bit for you. Uranus and Taurus. That's fine. We'll, we'll get it. We'll get it done. Is kind of what it sounds like for me. We'll get it done. Don't worry about it. We'll get it done. I can do that for you. So again, now that they're playing for the same team, they're playing for the earth element team. What can we accomplish together? What can we create together? I think that Venus and Virgo will come through and clarify some of the sloppy change management that Uranus has been in the script. I wrote messing up, but I'm like, do I mean that? a little bit, you know, Uranus has been coming in and just like messing shit up and, and Venus is going to come in and say, let's like put these pieces back together. Let's tidy up a bit. So in the news, um, the Venus in Leo square Uranus and Taurus was also a lot of emphasis on the writer's strike and using AI in creative fields. And I'm curious if Venus in Virgo trying Uranus will bring about more clearly defined policy or contracts on like the ethical use of the tool and how it is changing and influencing the labor market. I know the company that I work for has already rolled out an AI policy in an effort to support the ethical adoption of the technology. And it seems like a good time for others to do the same. They've used AI in a lot of different ways. Like I've explored using it in my business. I've found that I actually don't really like it unless I need help simplifying language for something. Like I don't find a lot of like the like free AI tools like worth it right now. But again, like are we going to see something really supportive come through and actually um, like make the process better? Is it going to improve some of the details? Is this going to be a time for all of us to kind of like go update our apps or update licensing agreements or something like that? On Wednesday, November 1st, Wednesday the morning at 8 a.m., we have the moon exactly square Neptune at 25 degrees. So the moon's at 25 degrees Gemini, activating a T-square with Venus opposite Neptune as well. So it's interesting when these major aspects happen in mutable signs because it's already an energy that doesn't care to commit and would rather change their mind or change a process. When we felt like the T-square happening in the fixed signs, it was really difficult because fixed wants to stay fixed. They wanted to focus on one thing, no changes, no surprises. This is what we do. This is what we believe. This is how we relate. You know, like this, this is just how it is. But the mutable signs 
come up into this tension point and they're like, eh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll move. That sounds fine. I wasn't that committed to this pathway anyway. So, so there might be a fatigue of like, all right, this is constantly changing. But if you are a mutable sign, then you're going to deal with this a lot easier than anybody else. You naturally go with the flow in ways that the other modalities just don't. It's easier for you to pivot. It's easier for you to adjust and to change your mind and to change directions and to be adaptable and flexible as new information comes in. And so for those of you that are overly fixed, you're really going to struggle on Wednesday because it's like tension point. Just kidding. Let's redirect is the collective experience and your personal relationship to that is going to color how you feel about it. So if you're a mutable sign again, like this will probably be just fine for you. If you're a fixed sign, then there's probably going to be this like, again, (laughs) we're doing it again. (laughs) Why? But a better solution was presented. So let's just back up and do it this way instead. Thursday, November 2nd, the moon forms a trine to the sun and Mars and Mercury as she makes her way through her home sign of cancer. She formed a trine with Saturn already. And so this is a lot of movement in the water signs, right? We have like all three water signs activated because the moon is now in cancer. We have Saturn and Neptune in Pisces. We have Mercury, Mars, and the sun in Scorpio. So this is a really watery time, you know, Sometimes in the actual like environment around us, this just does mean a lot more water. And with it initially being so close to Saturn and then slowly moving towards Mars, it makes me think about like an early freeze that then melts and becomes mud. Like maybe one of the first snows, but it doesn't stick to the ground. I'm in Utah, right? And so we experience all four seasons and we've already gotten a little bit of snow on the top of the mountains. It flurried a little bit um, this past week when I was doing some work down at my rental property and nothing stuck at all. In fact, it was barely like you, you almost couldn't even call it snow because it wasn't really snow and it definitely didn't stick like snow. But this week, maybe we see it. All right. That's a possibility. Um, but of course, this is going to be changed depending on how close you are or are not to the equator. But it could just mean more water. But if it means more water, the environment around us, it could also mean more water on the environment within us. And so this is a highly sensitive time. And it makes me think of like something lurking in the shallows, actually. It makes me think about the danger hidden in plain sight. It makes me think about how you really only need. Oh, how am I going to frame that? I was going to say, you really only need a few inches of water to drown someone. But that sounds a little like, I don't know, psychopath type-esque. So really, it's like you can be harmed with only a few inches of water. Like it's it's still one of those, like you can drink too much water and drown. Like water is still one of those dangerous things, even though sometimes it feels like, oh, it's like fine. Like, you know, uh, it's it's just a few inches. They'll be fine. Even like flooding, it's just a few inches. Well, that can really damage a house. Um, you know, it was only flooding for a few hours. Okay, well, that can that can carry a massive impact. And that's what it makes me think of. And it perhaps it's not danger, but there could just be a heightened sensitivity because we feel like we need to focus on safety right now, especially psychological safety. At work, I am a mentor. I have a cohort of employees that are going through leadership training. And in our meeting this past week, 
uh, we're reflecting on the material and we just talking about, you know, like, what did you learn? How did you apply it? Like, what's going well? What do you still feel like you're struggling with? What other tools do you need type conversations? And one of the members of the group said that it's becoming kind of like a habit or a norm to begin having difficult conversations by just stating it as a question. They say psychological safety. And we were kind of like laughing, but also like I was really excited about it because this really sets the intention and the focus and it invites all parties into a space where trust and positive intent are assumed. And so it made me think about like as you approach today, maybe think about that. Everything that you do, every conversation that you go into, have a moment where you either say out loud or to yourself, like psychological safety. Do you feel safe? Do you feel trust? And if you don't, what do you need to do to build that and foster that before having the conversation? Again, because if you're feeling heightened sensitivity, it's likely that the people are around you as well. And both Scorpio and Cancer are zodiac signs that have a natural protective quality to them. Cancer has the crab shell on the outside and Scorpio has an exoskeleton as well. And both of them have like, you know, pinchers and claws. Uh, Scorpio also has the tail in the back. And so they're very defensive. It's very much about like, how do I protect myself? And so think about that. How do you protect yourself and how do you protect your resources? How do you protect your inner world, especially if you're feeling sensitive? Well, it's to kind of, um, it's to, it's to consider like, what do I need to feel safe in this environment? But it's also an acknowledgement that other people are feeling sensitive as well and you don't want to make them feel attacked. So be really mindful of how you engage in conversations on Thursday. State your intention early and use that as an anchor to guide your conversations. Friday. November 3rd, the sun is at 10 degrees Scorpio and is opposite Jupiter retrograde at 10 degrees Taurus. So it's another hit to Jupiter from a luminary. And just as he's like finally getting away from some of the pressure of Mars, the like Mars opposition from the eclipse on the 28th, the moon's coming in. Um, and I'm sorry, the sun's coming in. And it's making me think about like when I was scripting this out and when I was looking at the chart, I kind of got this like mortal combat visual and it was of you know like the the dark ninja using like their moves to kind of like kick jupiter in the face jupiter who was like zeus right now and it was just kind of like a double combination and and it was all like very like old school mortal combat animation that's what it made me feel like like jupiter's just been getting beat up he's been getting oppositions um you know there were squares uh, with Jupiter, like there's been like a lot going on with Jupiter and then, and then this happens, right? Like the sun opposite Jupiter and it just feels like another hit, another combo knockout type of a thing. Jupiter is big and, and Jupiter can take it, but still like still the moon forming a trine to Mercury and a sextile to Uranus forms a trine to Neptune and enters a cardinal cross with the squares to the lunar nodes and an opposition to Pluto. So that sounds like a, a lot, doesn't it? I, I tell you guys often, this is a very technical part of the episode. I don't always expect you to be able to follow along. So just remember, if you can't even, like if, you, if you're not at the point where you can fully interpret all of that for yourself, just acknowledge like the time it takes just to name the aspects is indicative of the nuance each new day brings this week. 
there are some days where it's like, oh yeah, like this is kind of like one of the aspects. The moon's just like, you know, conjunct and then it moves on. And so that's kind of like how the day goes. Like, you know, there was just a day we just kind of like did, the, we did the things and then we moved on. And then there are days like Friday where it takes an entire paragraph just to write everything out, all of the major aspects that are going to be happening. And so, you know, immediately that Friday is going to be a lot more involved. Friday is going to have a lot more conversations. There's way more players in the group. There's a lot to be done right now. And that's what the planets are doing. They're doing the things that they desire to do. You know, sometimes the planets work independently. Sometimes they collaborate cross-functionally. Sometimes the collaborations are successful. They're productive and they are effective. Sometimes they miss the mark and they actually cause a little bit more work. So Friday, a lot of work is getting done from a lot of different teams. It feels like a lot of storylines happening at one time. And this can overwhelm your nervous system. And it can feel like anxiety, agitation, excitement, or fear. And so on days like Friday, remember that this is just a transit. It won't last forever because nothing does. We might be spiraling, but at least we're spiraling forward. So what are you working on right now? Tell me, like, what are your goals? What are your targets? I think it would be fun to start creating magic together in the corporate coven. This is something that I've wanted to do since the origination of this podcast is bringing a community together to engage in ritualized magic as a coven. And so play with me here. Tell me what your goals and your targets are. Let's get ready to make some magic together. You can put them in the comments of this episode or you can send them to me via email. You can connect with me on Instagram and send them into my DMs. I'll be putting it out there. Um, so make sure that you're following along because this is going to be an opportunity for one of the very first, but not only or the last moments for the corporate coven together and to perform some like ritual magic together. So let me know what are you working on right now uh, throughout all of the noise. We'll see if we can if we can come together. Let's talk about Saturday. Saturday on the 4th is still just wild to me. I'm sorry. It's still just like, where did October even go? I spent a lot of it like with sick children, right? And so I feel like I lost an entire week of October. And so for me, it really is kind of difficult to acknowledge that so much of like one of my favorite months has already passed. So Saturday, Mercury is exactly opposite Uranus. Venus is exactly opposite Neptune. And, you know, the moon is in Leo. It sounds like an Ariana Grande song, the part where she's like, I'm not going to sing it. But the lyric is, this is the part where I break free. That's how the moon is feeling. The moon is in a position where she finally is free from the intensity of Pluto and the nodal axis. The moon will square Jupiter. And again, this is like another like hit to Jupiter. And I could actually feel like returning inspiration and motivation to Jupiter after he's been like knocked out consistently. Right. So maybe the moon comes in and is kind of like, hey, like you got this. And then it's kind of like a punch on the arm. It's still kind of like a hit because it's a square. But it's kind of like invoking like a little bit of that like positivity that can come from fixed fire of like, keep your eye on the prize. Just go focus. Like, I know you're down right now, but like, get back in there, champ. <laughs> like, I don't know. Get back in there. You, you can keep going. You got this. Right. So there's a lot going on. Again, Mercury opposite Uranus. 
unexpected communications, the things that we're saying are not what we thought that they were. Um, things are coming to light that might be a little bit uncomfortable as well. Venus opposite Neptune. We talked a little bit about this, but this is just like the opposition between um, the detail process and the big picture. It makes me think about this. And team, I'm not a political podcaster. Um, I'm not one of those astrologers that is super great at like researching and prioritizing researching like major world events. There's so often wars and leaders who are unethical and things like that. And like, that's not, that's just not the priority of my work. It's not that it doesn't impact it. I've just been like consciously choosing to not comment on big things happening because I want to be mindful of how I'm contributing to the conversation. And my biggest priority always is to do no harm. And and if, if that's something that you want to engage in, there are plenty of accounts where you can do that. But I also want to be conscious about how I'm curating a space and, and what I'm bringing into it. But something that I will say is that there is a lot of rhetoric and conversation right now about the the shoulds and should nots of engaging with people around us, especially as it comes down to, is there a border here or is there not a border here and who gets to impose that? And when you see Venus in Virgo opposite Neptune in Pisces, it just makes me think about what's most important is it identifying ethnic background, religious belief system, uh, specific and clear borders, how and where and when commerce happens or trade happens? Or is the priority pulling out of all of that and zooming out of all of that to instead talk about, you know, light and love, universal love? Peace and brotherhood, no borders. We're all one cosmic conscious people. But the thing is, and I, t I spoke about this in last week's episode, is that both are true. It's like, yes, and. It's not or or but. It's yes, and. Both are true. And both are worthy and valid of being recognized. It's really, really important to talk about that and to be able to talk about both of them. And it's being able to recognize that like maybe with Venus and Virgo, especially with like this trying to Pluto, it might feel really holy. When, when I think about Venus and Virgo, when I think about Virgo, actually, I think about the type of religion that is strict. There are very clear steps that you have to take to get into heaven or to be cast into hell and heaven and hell exist because it's a differentiator one is good one is bad and this is where you see shame come in with virgo energy as well because there is a bad way to worship there is a wrong way to commune with the divine and we all have different relations i want to be like i'm not like shaming virgo energy at all i'm just saying that like that is a very virgo expression of it and pluto comes in with that plutonian authority of like you know because there is a right and a wrong way to do something that also means that some people are more valuable or some people are less valuable that some belief systems matter and that some don't that some people matter and that some don't that there's a natural like hierarchy or ranking and an inherent power imbalance which 
is good and should exist. That's a paradigm. That's a belief that kind of comes from this relationship between the signs especially like the planets in their respective signs. And in Uranus, the conversation is coming in and saying, but wait, <laughs> let's change that thinking. Let's come in and disrupt it. Maybe that's not true. Maybe there's more to the story here. Let's come in and kind of like dig up what has been existing and the, and the power that has existed. Let's come in and disrupt that. With Mercury opposing Uranus at this time, it does feel like bringing important things up to the surface. Like, hey, you didn't think about this. Hey, this has been secret or confidential for a long time, but what about all of this? Right? It's Scorpio. What about all this dark, gory, gross, like stuff that you have felt too ashamed to look at but needs to be looked at? What about this? Have you thought about this? Are you willing to think about this? Right? Mercury is moving towards a trine to Neptune as well, which is kind of like bringing in more of that. Like, can you really, like, this is the difference between compassion and empathy, right? I can have compassion for someone without having any clear idea of what they're going through or what it's like. I can have compassion for people going through challenging and devastating experiences that I have no idea what that must be like, because it is so far from my, from my reality and my worldview. I can have compassion for that. What I do not have is empathy. I do not have a lived experience, which allows me to truly see myself in these individuals. No matter how hard I try, I have lived a privileged enough life that for the majority of the world of really hard and intense things that are happening in the collective conscious, I cannot have empathy. I have never suffered to that degree. I have never suffered to that degree. I cannot have empathy, but I can have compassion and I can try to have understanding but I'll never, I'll never really experience that. And so I think it's also like coming up this, this Mercury trine Neptune is kind of coming up and pointing out of like, like you can say universal love, you can say we're all one cosmic family, but until you face, until you really acknowledge what is happening, no, you can't. You can't say that. You can't really have empathy for the situation, which means that you can't transcend above and beyond the earth sign stuff, right? The actual practical, how do we live then? If, if you say that we are all one, how do you live then? How do you create rules? How do you allocate resources? How do you share land? How do you do these things then? You can say it all you want, but how do you do it? And it's critical that we do it. And that's going to mean, especially on this like Saturday, this holding oppositions, this acknowledging the oppositions. And it's also being willing to question yourself and question authority. This is one of my, this is, I feel like I'm on a soapbox and I'm kind of sorry, but at the same time, like it's been weighing pretty heavily on me and I, and I want to say this and I hope that this is useful for some folks, but what's coming up for me is moments and times where I've had conversations with people and they state what they believe, but they're not willing to question their own beliefs. They're not willing to question their own perception and they approach it as this belief that like what I believe is so right, what I believe is so correct, and this makes me better than other people. And that kills me and drives me crazy. I spent a lot of time 
like growing up in a high control, like conservative religion where you were not encouraged to question things. You were not encouraged to um, go out and try to like seek evidence or other perceptions and opinions. And that's part of what like, I guess uh, catapulted me into the transition of faith. Kind of like what brought me there is I, I wanted to question it. I wanted to see how it compared. I wanted to know other people's opinions and perspectives and so when it comes to research, you know, I have a background in psychology and counseling and and in a lot of like research papers, really good research, the author and the researchers will criticize their work. This is the beginning of your research. You have a moment where you say, like, here's what was wrong about the experiment. Here's why there is some challenge in the validity of the data that I'm presenting because there are things that are uncontrolled. There are things that I didn't think about. There are things that came in and influenced it at the time that now that it's done and closed, I can see, you know, maybe this would have changed the outcome if I had taken this into account. And it's one of my core values for who I am as a person. It's one of my core values to be open and to be willing to engage in conversation with people who have seemingly opposite views. I, I feel very strongly like we always need to be able to question. Like we only believe what we believe because of what we've seen, but you haven't seen everything. And so there is like no one universal truth and the openness to conversation. And, and I see this coming up in the aspect and I'm feeling this within myself. And I just want to name this, um, you know, as an astrologer, we have an ethical duty and responsibility to be conscious of how we are contributing to conversations. And this is what I want to contribute from this platform. This is what I want to contribute. It's worthwhile to practice and to explore holding space for multiple truths. It's okay to acknowledge how power dynamics come in and influence our perception. And if at any point you are holding on to a belief that makes you feel superior, that makes you feel better than, I want you to question that belief. Maybe you hold on to it, team. I'm not asking you to change your entire life here. Okay, hold on to it if it feels good. But I just want you to question. I just want you to take time and ask yourself, why do I believe this and why do I think it makes me better than somebody else? What's influencing that? And does it have to do with a power? Dynamic. Does it have to do with the power I think it grants me? Just take time and question that within yourselves. We don't have influence over a lot in this world, but we always have influence over our own choices and the way that we choose to see the world around us. And so spend some time with your mindset. Spend some time um, really self-reflecting. Again, with all of this happening in the water signs, there is this heightened intuitive nature and I want you to be in a place where you can be really receptive to the divine source and channeling and messaging that comes through for our benefit as we work collectively to restore balance to environments that have been out of balance where we reintegrate divine cosmic wisdom and knowledge to bring about a better future right? This is the age of Aquarius. Let's look at the ideal and acknowledge that we're not there yet. So what do we need to do to get there? And it's going to be about challenging our own beliefs and especially the ones that keep us separate, right? And finding ways to work towards that unity and that oneness. And I'm sorry, I'll step off of the soapbox now. 
thanks for hanging there with me. Um, I won't be speaking to that again. I just wanted to say my piece there, so I appreciate you hanging out with me. If you are an entrepreneur, a corporate witch, a witch at work, or a witch with a passion for personal and professional development, thank you so much for being here with me. I create these episodes every week for you. Later on this week, I have a guest coming on who is all about radicalization, revolution, liberation, empowerment, and transformation. You know it. Lex is coming back this week. I am so, so excited to release this episode. Um, So make sure that you are turning on notifications, subscribing to the podcast, and we'll see you with Lex in a few days. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Corporate Coven Podcast. Before we wrap up this mystical journey, I would invite you to share your feedback on the episode and leave a rating for the Corporate Coven podcast. If you found value in this content, share it with another witch at work. With over 100 episodes, there is a lot more cosmic career advice to be explored. Until next time, may your ventures be guided by the stars and may you remember that you hold the power to manifest the extraordinary. I'll see you in the next episode.